You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. So we're wrapping up, show of hands. What are we doing with what we believe? Because it's not enough. It's not enough to just believe. Can I get an amen? It's not enough to just believe. What are we doing? So we wrap up today. And uh, kind of the title of today's sermon is, is kind of similar to that. Go on to that if you will for me, Lord. Are we using our gifts? We believe something around 2911. We believe that everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus, right? Every, how about show of hands? Everyone who is part of everybody, raise your hand. Show of hands. Who's, who's part of everyone? Okay. So you have... It's not just the people sitting across from you. It's not the people sitting in front of you. Every one of us has something. Have you ever really grasped that? You have something awesome to do for Jesus. Not to sit here, and I know we talk about how a lot of people treat Sunday mornings like a performance, come and watch people perform. Other people treat it like a performance. I've heard people say this, is no, there's, there's an audience of one, and we all perform before him, and we almost treat that like a performance. And I, I don't really know that that's really accurate either because we're not even here to perform. But we're here to be who he's called us to be, to fulfill everything that he's put inside of us. So are we using our gifts? Do you know that you've been gifted for a purpose? There are people hurting around you. There are people dying around you. There are, there are kids that are struggling around you. There are people in abusive situations. Right? There, are people, there are people that are hurting, and you have been given gifts to minister to people, to help people, to do something to change the situation of our communities, of our world, of our families. You've been given that. So let's talk a little bit about operating in our giftings. And first of all, I'm going to start right here, is let's talk about the necessity of finding that awesome thing that you were designed to do. Now, you know, you know what designs and plans and all that kind of stuff, I've seen a bunch of them in my life, right? Uh, you know, sometimes I bring something home from the store and open up the box, you know, and I find, find the instructions. Well, what, guys, what do we do with the instructions? Yeah, we lose them, right? Uh, but there have been some times that I, you know, I see a b- whole bunch of parts. So I pull out the instructions and I open up all the instructions and I say, I could have some help with that, right? I mean, th- sometimes the big instructions, sometimes, look, you've been to Ikea, anybody? You know, you come home with a lot of instructions, right? Washington, D.C., they got a lot of plans. I don't agree with all of them. You know, I, I never, it's, it's, it's not... You know, it's not this Congress or this president. I don't always agree with any of them, okay? So, you know, they've got their plans and whatever. You know, even as kids, we have plans. Uh, okay, y'all going to really think I'm really weird OCD when I tell you this one, okay? When I was a kid, now, now you got to think, uh, this was back before you had cartoons all week long, right? When was cartoon time? Saturday morning, you know, you know what I do on on Friday night. I would actually make a list if I'm watching this from 7:30 to 8. I watch this because you didn't have a DVR either. <laughs> if you didn't watch it, you didn't see it. If you didn't watch it while it was live, and so I would organize it. We all have plans, but there is a divine plan. There is a plan that is so much bigger than Ikea or Washington, D.C. or a little kid on Friday night. There is a plan for your life that will fulfill more than you can ever 
ever imagine in life. Let me, let me take you to some scripture, okay? And this is a little bit different translation of Proverbs 29 and 18. You may have heard where there is no vision, the people perish because they have no restraint. And uh, this translation, this, uh, someone else went in and they looked at the Hebrew and said, I like to word it this way, they said, is, is how they wrote it. So when people do not accept divine God, y'all do know the Bible wasn't written in English, right? Okay, so we have to translate it. Okay, so, so sometimes words change a little bit, you know, it's translations. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. There you go, a necessity of finding the Because if you don't, if you don't find that awesome part of God's plan that is your life, then you're going to run wild. Now, I don't know what you think about running wild, okay? There's a, probably a lot of examples I give you. Can I give you, I think this, this is kind of a cool one, okay? This is what I think of when I think of running wild. At last, I'm going to get played with. Uh, Rex? Come to Papa. If you're not into Toy Story, you don't know. I mean, all these animals, all these uh, toys, you know, they come alive. And, and, and you know, uh, Mr. Potato Head, I mean, he, he takes his eyes out. You know, he can look around a corner. So when that kid put the, nose, the eye up his nose, <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that's my favorite part, I think, of all that. So when I think of running wild, and here's, here's three things that I see from that clip, right? is first of all, there is an empty expense of energy. Now, I know, I know some, of you, some of you moms and dads of toddlers are saying, no, that's not empty at all. I'm glad they're expending it, wherever they can spend. But it is an empty expense. Nothing is being accomplished other than that one picture that one little girl was painting with Jesse's head, you know, the, the, that right there. It's an empty expense of energy. Everyone is looking out only for themselves, and nobody's looking out for the toys, right? You know, these toys... In this movie, these toys are human, right? Uh, and quite frequently, people get hurt, especially the toys. And if we think, if we think beyond that and just, just think of that, not just as toys, but as people that aren't just like us. You see, this, this is what happened in that clip, but this is what the scripture is talking about. Here's what happens when people don't follow a divine plan in their life, is there is an empty expense of energy. You ever feel that? I'm doing a whole lot of stuff but not getting much accomplished. I'm trying a lot. I'm spending a lot. I'm, I, but nothing really is getting accomplished. And people start looking out only for number one. We start focusing inside because we don't have that divine reminding us that it's not all about me. And people get hurt. I, I hurt people. When I don't follow a divine plan, I hurt people. When I don't follow a divine plan, I say things I shouldn't say. I do things I shouldn't do. Maybe not great, horrible sins, but still, I get just outside it enough that those are the things that happen when I'm not following a divine plan. I love the Old Testament. Let me tell you, I, I've done a lot of preaching in the Old Testament in, <clears throat> in my years of ministry. 
When I was, uh, when we were in Chicago, I preached in a, uh, an African-American church in South uh, Chicago. And, and uh, when I was, I, I preached on, in the book of Ezekiel, right out of the book of Ezekiel, and one of the great stories in there. And, and afterwards, the pastor, um, and, and I still, even then, still considered myself young in, in ministry and preaching. And, and he said, you know, you have a very New Testament message in your sermon. And that blew me away. I think, did you just hear me preach on Ezekiel? He's in the Old Testament. And I thought, what, 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 what do you mean? I had to think about that. And I thought more and more and more. And, and here it is. This is kind of my theology a little bit of how I look at it. Is we have all these truths in the New Testament. And that's what happened after, you know, Jesus was born. Everything in the New Testament is all about Jesus and about grace and those things. But we have the Old Testament that, that we don't throw away because Jesus said, I've come to fulfill this. I've come to make it complete. And so what, but what we have in the Old Testament is all this building up to that. It's like we have all these truths in the New Testament, and we have all these examples in the Old Testament about the truths in the New Testament, okay? And so I'm saying that to set this up is throughout the Old Testament, as examples, we have three looming, ever-looming figures, kings, prophets, and priests, okay? Now, everybody is not a king, a prophet, or priest. And talking to you guys today, all of you aren't kings or prophets or priests. But we have these attitudes, personalities, gifts, or sometimes even spirits about us that are like a king, a prophet, or a priest. For example, kings are always building something. Y'all ever seen the pyramids? You know, you've seen all this stuff. Kings are always building something. And there's a lot of you like that. And you know what happens when, when kings build without, you know, and the reason I really want to use these examples, because we could use them in, in secular society as well, but using this is because it's in the context of people who are supposed to be following God, people who God has called my own people, and, and they call themselves his people. And so, you know what happened, look at the Old Testament, you know what happened when kings started building without any, any direction from God? They, they built stuff for themselves. They built stuff to give themselves names. They built stuff just to prove who they were, that kind of a thing. Or, or prophets. And prophets, okay, kings are always building. Prophets are always talking. Y'all know some people gifted like that, right? Anybody? You know, they're always talking. And you know what happens when prophets talk without divine direction? <laughs> you know, you ever been in any of those? I have. I mean, I, 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 sat with the, I sat with a group of people. One night we were talking about something. I won't tell you what it is because it's just so off the wall. I, I don't even want to plant this thought in your mind. And we were talking about something really serious. And this is a lady that had, had, had taught and, and had, had spoken at churches and women's things and, and Sunday schools and taught kids' church and everything. And she said, well, you know what? And so she just began surmising. And what she came up with was about, made about as much sense as if I said right now two plus two is seven and a half. And, I mean, and she said, and she, she, she just kind of went, went, went way off down here and, you know, and I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just lost. Where are you going with this? And she finally said what she said. And she said, so I guess this, this, this is the truth. And she was so far from any kind of truth. Why? Because she started just kind of imagining and. And this, this wasn't a newbie. This wasn't a rookie. This wasn't someone who just came to know Jesus. This wasn't someone who had just opened the Bible for the first time yesterday. This was someone who had followed God, but for a moment took leave of their senses. You, you ain't never done anything like that, have you? Or, or, or priests, you know what, priests, priests do good. Builder, uh, kings always build, prophets always speak, talk, and priests always do good. But you know what I've watched? I've watched people do like we were talking just a few moments ago. 
that empty expense of energy. People who wanted to do good so much, but without divine direction, they were spending all of their resources, all of their efforts, all of their time on things that aren't going to matter five minutes from now, much less five millennia from now. That's why, again, you and I need to find, it is a necessity that we find that thing that we're supposed to do for him and follow him in divine direction. Um, go ahead and bring up that next slide. Here, here are a bunch of examples, and I didn't really know how I wanted to try to get through all this, but um, I'm, not, I'm not going to really get through all this unless we go ahead and order lunch to be delivered, okay? So um, I'm, I'm going to say something just real quick here, and I'm not going to be able to give you the examples, but every one of those names right there, if you'll go, and look, we talked about this last week also, we talked about it, is about not not letting in just a few moments when we say amen and we leave this place not letting this be the end but digging in further check on me make sure i'm saying the right thing remember that was one of the scriptures last week that's what they did people were checking the scriptures to make sure paul and silas were preaching the right stuff i want you to check on me okay so every one of those names right there on the sermon notes is, is the link to the story that is behind what i'm trying to tell you here okay because here's what those first few names right there prove to us is when people follow God, amazing thing happened. Like, jo like Joseph saved, saved millions of, of lives because he followed God. Like Solomon built the most beautiful, uh, most beautiful building that had ever been built up to that time and, and for many centuries afterwards. Esther, the whole time. I mean, talk about girl power, right? I mean, she saved an entire race of people, and, and Nehemiah rebuilt the wall, and Daniel came, became uh, second in the kingdom. But then that second group of people show us when people don't follow the divine plan for their lives. What do we have? We have Adam and Eve committing initial sin that brought, brought us all into sin, or Lot's wife. Aaron, you might not remember Aaron. Aaron was the one who couldn't stand up because people wanted to do something different, and he created an idol for God's people to follow, Nadab and Abihu. They decided they, they wanted to do something on their own. That lasted about just a couple of moments, and, and they were snuffed out. King Saul, oh man, he went and uh, uh, just, just real quickly tell you that he went to, to uh, instead of seeking after God, he went and found a witch to talk to, a medium to ask uh, for advice, and King Ahab, and, and uh, there's so many stories we could tell about Ahab and Jezebel, and then we could make case studies out of Moses, David, and Naaman, because Moses, let's say this real quick about Moses, when he was good, he was really, really good, <laughs> and when he was bad, and we think about David, and David was a man after God's own heart, right, and all the awesome things that he did, but one time, and, and, and the Bible makes it a point to tell us all the other kings we're doing kingly things, but David was no longer following his divine plan. And that was when he, that was when he failed most miserably. And the last one right here is Naaman. Let me, let, me, let me remind you, Naaman was a leper, and he wanted to be healed. He had a need, and he wanted that healing. He wanted that need to be met. And so he, he approached God through a prophet, but he approached God. You don't think about the prophet. Think about the God of the prophet. He approached God. And he said, God, I want to be healed. And so God gave him a, 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 gave him a message. He says, here's what you do to be healed. And he said, I want to be healed. I want to be healed. And he told him what to do. And he said, but I won't do that. And he started to go home. And you know what his servant did? His servant did say, you know, if he'd have told you to do some really big, awesome thing, 
you'd have jumped at the chance. But because he told you to do this insignificant thing, this thing that makes you humble yourself, you're going to go home without what it is that you want. I wonder how many of us do that on Sunday morning. I wonder how many of us do that throughout the week. That God tells us, here, just, just do this, and I'll take care of this. And so you know what he did? I mean, the case study is when he didn't, he was still, he still was a leper. He still had the sickness. He still had the skin disease. But when he did what God told him to do, he was healed immediately. When he fulfilled it and did the, the very, the very last, did not halfway, but when he fulfilled it, he received his miracle. Anybody need anything today? Because that's where we are. And I, I think here's where I am, is I'm like Naaman's servant, is... You know, some of you, if God asked you to give $100 today, you'd do that. You'd find a way. You'd work the extra this week, whatever it is. If God spoke out of heaven and told you. But sometimes if God just asks you to do a little of this or a little of that, it's, it's like, what, what is it that you keep that you would allow to keep you from fulfilling this divine plan that is in your life? Because remember, what we're still talking about here in the biggest, longest part of this message, over half of it, is the necessity of finding that thing is because this next slide for me Lauren if you will it is truly frustrating come on you know this it is truly frustrating to not have the chance to do what one is gifted to do while it is truly fulfilling to do what one is gifted to do if you've ever had a job that you couldn't do what you were supposed that was frustrating right it was frustrating. If you, ever had an if you ever had something you had to do, but you didn't have the opportunity to actually do it the way it ought to be done, that's frustrating. But when you get to do what is in your heart and that you're gifted to do, what you're passionate about, that's totally fulfilling. That is really the necessity of finding that thing that the divine plan says you are supposed to do. So how do we find that divine plan, okay? So there's a necessity. I, I preached half my sermon on that. How do you find that awesome thing that, that you're gifted more than anybody else, this divine plan? And we're all created in the image of God, but you're a custom job. Did you know that? There is nobody like you. And if you don't find that thing that you're gifted to do, there's going to be a hole in the kingdom of God because nobody can do what you're doing exactly like you do it. So how do we find that? Jeremiah 29, 13. I saw this this week uh, in one of our posts on social media. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I like how that begins. You will. You know, I preach that, right? You know, you will seek me and you will find me. And then he throws that in there, right? When you do it this way. When you do it. You, you can find. How am I going to find the divine plan for my life? You'll find it when you seek him with all of your heart let, let me let me give you let me give you an idea right here take a test drive anybody ever taken a test drive in a car and you know you know what you do when you test drive cars you find some car you ever test driven a car let me just ask anybody show of hands anybody ever test driven a car and said this ain't it <laughs> right anybody ever test driven a car said i gotta have this car <laughs> Show of hands, yeah, so, okay, so we understand. That's what a test drive is, right? You will find some things that don't fit, and then you'll find a few that do. And that's what you do in ministry also. You see, most of us, we're sitting back, we're waiting for God to speak out of heaven and tell us to do this. But, you know, it's not just about finding that thing. Finding the thing, the journey of finding that thing is often what prepares you to do that thing. 
You know, I, I don't have time to tell you this. I, I got about 30 minutes right here. Just so I could just tell you my, my story. I mean, when I, when I was a kid, uh, I, think, I think about 13 years old, I started playing drums and, uh, in the church, you know. And then my dad, uh, first place he pastored, uh, we needed a bass player. And so he bought me a bass and, and bass guitar. And so I started playing there. We eventually ended up, Dave and I married back at our home church and, and uh, didn't have a pianist. And so, you know what? I sat down and, uh, you know, and, and so I know that sounds like, man, he can play everything. Let, let me just point something out to you, though. Whenever we need somebody else up here, you notice who is not up here, right? Okay. All right, I'm adequate for some situations, all right? <laughs> all right, and, like, and, and trying singing too. I sang some too. You know, I have learned this. I am an awesome background singer, especially standing right over there, back, background for everybody else. I'm awesome at that, okay? So I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, I did those things. A, a, a worship pastor, uh, I worked, uh, I, tell you, I, I taught my first Sunday school class at the age of 14. You know, I was teaching eight, nine, and ten-year-olds and, and didn't do it every time, but just did it once a month, you know, and was learning from that. Also, when I was 23 years old, I, I was teaching the 40-something and 50-something class, you know, and, and all of that. And, and uh, Dave and I went, right after we got married, we were uh, serving in our church. and We were leading the kids' church and kids' ministry. Uh, I was youth pastor there for a little while at our church, and, and then I was youth pastor at two large churches here in the state of Alabama and, you know, and all that. And then I got my opportunity to be a pastor. And I go, and I don't remember exactly when it was. It may, be, it may have been really quick right after we got there, but at some point, I kind of mentioned all these things. And I said, you know what? Now, this is in a sermon on a Sunday morning uh, in, in my very first church. I said, you know what I realize now is I realize God was taking all of those opportunities to train me for this moment that I'm in right now. Because I've pretty much done everything you can do in church except be women's ministries president. You know? After church, the women's ministries president came up to me and offered me the job if I wanted to give that one a try too. Just so I would be able to completely fulfill my, fill out my resume, right? And you know how foolish I was thinking that that was the moment God prepared me for. You know, that's what we do, don't we? And we think, man, I did this, 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 this. And God has prepared me for this church of 22 people. You know, he's done all this. Because then, a few years later, God took us to Chicago. And then God took us to Little Rock. And God took us to uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. And we, we served in ministry across the state. And I used to say some things, like somebody, I told some people, say, we, we cover, there we covered the state of Texas, but let me tell you, as much as the state of Texas can be covered in a two-year appointment, you know, because it's a really big state. And, you know, during that time, during that time, um, I, I realized something else. I realized it wasn't just the things God was leading me to do, but it was the people God was putting in my life. And it's almost like God got in a hurry there because he couldn't bring all those people into my life right here because I'm, I'm from Jefferson County, Birmingham. He couldn't bring all those people right here. And so, you know, he took me to Chicago to meet Chris Falson. Uh, if you want to know that story, I'll tell you later. Ask me. It's awesome. A guy, a, a worship pastor or worship minister uh, from, um, from Australia. And when we were in Little Rock in Arkansas, God brought to it the crazy uh, chain of events there that God brought uh, Carter Conlon into our life who uh, the pastors of uh, uh, Times Square Church in uh, New York City. And uh, you'll see David, David will post some of his stuff on social media if, you, if you, uh, you're a friend of hers or you follow her on, on Instagram. And all of these little things, and, and Kristen remarks, and she mentioned this again the other day. 
She remarked sitting there our first night that we got to talk with Carter Conlon in a, in a meal after a service where he had preached and about how she watched my and Davis' face just like light, a light coming on. It's like, wow, yes. I couldn't learn this over here. I had to come here to hear this, to be challenged. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like, there are too many of us sitting around waiting for God to drop, you know, the rock out of heaven with a note attached, hit us on the head, right? And he wants us to take a test drive. He wants us to get up, get up and do something. Get up and try. Because while you're sitting, somebody else is hurting. And somebody else needs ministering to. I know, I know it's really easy to look around and say, well, they got everything they need. I see different people playing the drums. I see different people playing bass. You know, they got everybody they need. You don't understand how many places that we're just covering waiting on you so we're not just covering anymore. You don't understand how many things like that. Uh, you know, um, I, I, I've heard people misquote, misuse that scripture in Exodus where the Israelites are standing at the Red Sea and God says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Here's the... Here's, that's why you don't read one scripture and say, that's my scripture. You need to understand these three million people, by some estimations, you can come up with your own estimation, but these three million people have packed up everything they owned, loaded up everything they owned, left the only home they had ever known in their life, walked miles and miles out into the wilderness and came to a sea where they could not go any far further and then God says, because we, we, we kind of see God, you know, he's like, why is God just still sitting on his throne? Why didn't God get up? And they did all this. They, they went to all that. They get to the Red Sea, and then God says, here, hold my coffee. Watch this. That's what he's saying there. He's not saying, stand still, and I'm going to do it for you. No, he's saying, hold my coffee. and watch. When you get to that place, but you've got to get there. You've got to try some things. You've you, you got to take a test drive in some ministry or something. You got, you got to hook yourself up with somebody. You got to shadow someone in ministry doing something. Because if you don't, you'll, you'll, you, you'll never get there. You know, wouldn't it be great if God would just create this, this structure where if we did nothing, nothing would happen. But if we would do just a little bit, he would do amazing. You know what we could call it? Sowing and reaping. I'll lead you into that one. <laughs> he did, didn't he? When we do nothing, nothing happens. But when we sow the smallest little bit, God can do amazing. So how, how, how do I find, okay, so what and where to begin? Um, I, and I really need to quit, but what and where to begin? Some of the leaders uh, at 2911 want to give you a little bit of, little bit of advice on finding some places. Okay, tell me when. Okay. Hey, I'm Ro. And I'm Lauren, and we're part of the Connect team. Here at 2911, we're the first ones you see when you come to the door. If you're fun and energetic and would like to join our team, let us know. We'd love to have you on our team. Hi, I'm Bradley. I'm the leader of the production team. And if you're someone that likes technology, likes to fool with gadgets, just likes to push buttons up and down, then this is the team for you. Uh, we don't have to be out front. We get to be in the back. 
but what we do is essential to what's going on on the Sunday service. We're presenting the message, we're presenting the sound, we're making sure that it's comfortable for everyone in the room. So if that's something that you wanna be a part of, please consider joining our team. My name is Jamie Hatcher and I'm the worship pastor here at Church 2911. And our mission as a worship team is to create an atmosphere where people come to experience God's presence in a real way. So if you have a passion for worship and a passion for music, and maybe you have a skill like you can play an instrument or sing, or even if you have some administrative skills, those are all a skill set that we're looking for to add to the team. So if you have those skills and you have a passion for worship and music, the worship team might be the right place for you. Hi, my name's Kurt. My wife and Anita and I uh, oversee the prayer team at 2911. We have different levels of the prayer arena. We have prayer team that is about 39 members right now. Not only our prayer team members, but we have general prayer for the services each Sunday and during the week and also for altar prayer. So if you feel led to be a part of our prayer team and want to, please let us know. Hey, I'm Becca and I serve in 2911 Kids. In 2911 Kids, we get to spend some quality times creating relationships to talk to other children about all the great things that God is doing in our lives. If you're passionate about children and helping them grow a relationship with Christ, 2911 Kids is definitely the place for you. Hey guys, I'm Justin and I'm the teens pastor here at 2911. And if you're looking for somewhere to have fun and to just pour into the future of our church, then 2011 Teens might be the place for you. We meet on Wednesdays. We love to just minister to the teens in this area and just uh, be a part of their life, not only on Wednesdays, but throughout the week. And if you're thinking this might be a place for you, I would love for you to reach out to me and let me know. Now I want to preach for another half hour, okay? So I want to tell you about the ministry, but that's not even all the ministry that happens. And that's, that's pretty much our, our, most of our teams. Not all of our teams are up there, but then we've also got missions and uh, we've got digital online uh, campus that we're working on developing and those kinds of things. So a, a lot of that's happening. And, and again, you look at that and you say, well, um, they've got everything they need. No, because if you look around, when we bought this building and we, we just started designing this building, we didn't design it to hold everybody that we need to minister to in one service on one day of the week. I, and I, I've, I've said this many times, and I'll say it again, one of my biggest objections to owning a building is paying money for something 24-7 and only using it for a few hours in a week. I don't like that. That's just not good use of your money, I don't think. I want to wring every bit of ministry we can out of this building. And most of those teams are struggling and need some help in some way. And who's supposed to feel that? Not, not Ian and Baptist not going to come over here and you know, do that. It's people sitting right here in front of me. Or missions or launching new services. We can't do that without you stepping in and doing some things. Let, let, me, let me say this real quick because I've, I've got a really another five minute thing here to say that, that I'm going to say really, really quick. It's like, you know, I remember growing up and how we used to sing out of books. Man, I want to tell you a funny story here. I just don't have time. I'll do it later. We used to sing out of books. And then we started singing off the wall. Y'all ever say, now that was a derogatory term by people who didn't like singing off the wall. Right? But you know what? One of the things we did in our, well, even before we launched in our first building where 2911 began, 
uh, we had an overhead projector. I don't know what that is. No, that's, that's not just because it's overhead. That ain't it, okay? It's a, it's a box that's got a light in it, and you put a piece of plastic on it that's got text or graphics or whatever, and, and the light shines up. It hits a lens, and it refracts it up to there, okay? That's what we had. Now, by the time we launched, we had not that nice, but we had a good one, you know? And, but, you know, one of the problems with the overhead projector was it did everything like this. You know, the, the words were really big at the top or really small at the bottom, right? If y'all, I mean, schools had these for years and years and years before churches ever even got them. I think we started buying the ones the school was throwing away. It's uh, why churches ended up with them, right? But you know what? One of the things we did, you know, why we one of the things we did is we started building our uh, our plastic sheets. We started printing on there like this. Okay, and got to put the black bars on the side, right? So that when it was projected, guess what? It was, don't, yeah. it was straight, you know? And like, some people are probably like, well, who would, who would be able to do that? There are people in this room that could do that. Who would think to do that? OCD people, <laughs> right? Is that needs to be better. That needs to be better. It's just like a couple of weeks ago, I got a text from someone that says, Pastor, do you know people on the sides have a hard time seeing because of these big speakers right here? And so they asked me, and I, so I explained to them about where we were and some things that we had to do. And I said, we're, you know, these actually are borrowed speakers on top, and uh, these are really just speaker stands, and, and I'm telling you more than I necessarily meant to tell you all this, but... But, and, and I said, well, we got to buy those speakers. That's not really what's holding us up, but we do have to buy those speakers. And, and so they thought, well, that's probably what's holding us up. So they bought two speakers that there's already a couple of, uh, we put outlets in this week for that. And uh, the brackets are, are, are back there to hang them with. And so everything's beginning to come together on that. And, and so, and, and you're saying, man, we're going to get, yeah, we're going to get rid of these now. Y'all are excited about it, but not me. Let me tell you why. Because I stand right here. And I get blasted every Sunday morning, right? I mean, this is, I, I mean, I get to have, I, I hope I'm not out, out singing everybody and y'all are hearing my voice over everything, but I mean, that's really just awesome to me. And when we get it up there, it'll be able to just spread over the room so much better. We won't have to turn it up quite so loud to get it all the way back there, you know, to, to everybody. And so, but who thinks of doing stuff like that? You, you, you do. It was one of you that thought this is something that someone needs to do. So you just got to figure that out. What is, what is it that is kind of your passion or your OCD thing that you think ought to be better about how we can minister to our community and touch them? Okay, so we're done. We're done. Except for one quick thing right here is, <laughs> seriously, okay. We've talked about why. We've talked about how. We've talked about what. We've talked about where. And we talked about who because that's me and you, right? What's left? What? Y'all are pretty good. So when? When? Right now. We're going to do something different closing this service today. I want every one of you, humor me. Do it because somebody's watching you. Do it to be an example. Even if you open something else and act like you're doing something, but you're just playing a game, take out your smartphone right now if you have a smartphone. If you don't have a smartphone, take out a piece of paper and an ink pen, okay? Every one of you, 
Yep, we're taking this time to do this. In just a second, I'm going to invite the worship team up here. We're going to pray. We're going to sing a song and be dismissed. But right now, we are taking time to do this. Go to that website. We believe we have a smoking fast Wi-Fi system here, so we don't think that you can shut it down. But please try, okay? Everybody, everybody go to that right now and put your name and number and your email address. We don't sell them, I promise. Ask anybody, you know, we, we don't sell them. And if you just absolutely don't want us to have it, that's fine, just put your name there. And, and uh, when you tell us you wanna do this awesome thing for God, we'll do our best to ask God to just give us direction to find you because you didn't give us a way to find you, you know, because that's what we have to do sometimes. God, help me find this person that says they really need me today, but I, you know, they haven't given us any information, right? And so put your info in there and tell us, and let's tell us where you would like, maybe you want to shadow somebody. Maybe you'd like to be involved in a ministry. Maybe there's something on your heart that you've never even heard me mention ever on a, on a Sunday morning or at a dream team meeting or something that's on your heart. You would just like information. Maybe you'd be willing to take a test drive. You know, maybe you'd be willing to take a test drive in shadowing somebody or following somebody or doing something. We talked about that little system God's got set up. Sowing and reaping. Stop sitting. Find something to do. And I'm not saying just find my thing to do. If it's your thing, tell us. If there's something that you feel like you've got to get done, tell us. So we can help you do it. Because I, I, I believe that's what we're supposed to do. I believe we're supposed to help you fulfill what God has put inside of you. And if you're a missionary, I mean a true mission, not just want to raise money for missions, if you are a missionary, that means you can work outside these four walls. You know, if, if you have a, a ministry to the homeless, that means, you know, you might do some stuff in here, but you're going to work outside these four walls. If you've got stuff, then write that down. You've got room right there. Okay. And if you, you know, if you don't have a smartphone or you just don't want to pull it out right now, write down on a piece of paper a place you might like to serve. Drop it in the offering box on your way out the door. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at Church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.